0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries.
1: Okay, so I think uh, this is a question I think we'd all benefit from thinking through, and I think we have to go back to the word Disciple. What does the word disciple mean? The disciple uh, disciple means learner. Matheteus is where we get the English word mathematics, and there's a lot of discipline with mathematics. Uh, some of you are, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I, I can't take mathematics. <laughs>
0: well, I can't even pronounce it. But mathematics is <laughs> now. I think it's is it mathematics or mathematics in South Louisiana? It's, like athlete. it's mathematics, athlete or but...
1: athlete. <laughs> It's not the way they mathematics, but it could be mathematics.
0: I think it's mathematics. I think in Arkansas
1: it's mathematics. I think
0: most, if you look at the language, if you look at the original look language.
1: Up, look this up on, the, on Webster. I want to get back to that. But anyway, the word disciple, is that how you say it? Disciple is correct. Okay. Yeah. Disciple, I'm like. Disciple. Okay. The word disciple uh, is uh, matheteus, where we get the word mathematics, but it's actually a word that means learner. It's a word that means student, it's a word that means apprentice. Now watch this. In the Greek language, there's a difference between the word Christian and disciple. The word Christian is a word that is static, okay? So a word that is static is just a descriptive word. There's no action that comes along with it. If you're a Christian, it just is a descriptive word. A disciple is a dynamic person. That word disciple is dynamic. Okay. Here's what it means. It means there's an action that comes along with it. You you can't be a consumer and be a disciple. You can't be a a sitter of the pew and be a disciple. It it just emits this idea of action. And so you're a doer of the word. You are a coworker in the gospel. So knowing that We have to look at our process as not being an end all where you get people to be something. You have to look at your process as a thoroughfare to get people to do something. Okay, you see the difference? One is an end, a means to an end. For example, if I can get them saved, it's over. If I can get them baptized, it's over. That's an end. Jesus moved people beyond the the end goal. So when he baptized the disciples or the disciples were baptized, that was the beginning of ministry, right? That was the beginning of, of this disciple making movement. So what I would say is this back up and look at your ministry. What I've decided to do here, and we we've done this, we do this with, uh, contextual, um, counseling of ministries. We do this with critiquing ministries. People call us, how do we know we're making disciples? Here's what we do. We've come up with a pathway or a, uh, a metric to determine if you have a pathway. There are three ways to look at it. So if you're thinking kind of a whiteboard here, uh, you have an on-ramp that kind of goes onto the church activities or into the church activities or into the church life. So you have an on-ramp then in the middle, you have a thoroughfare, which we call a pathway moving people through a process, but it doesn't end with the pathway because the last step is the off-ramp where you're offloading people for ministry. Now, I don't mean off-ramp as in they're going to... They're leaving the church. Yeah. Don't mean they're leaving the (laughs) church, although they could. Yeah although they could because the ultimate goal is to be a disciple who makes disciples some of those people will go plant a church plant some churches. of those people right. will plant campuses some people will uh go into ministry some will just be on the off ramp to share the gospel with their neighbor gotcha
0: so it's kind of like the after they've been equipped the off ramp is them going out being mobilized for ministry yeah and then the on ramp that is kind of like some big events maybe first time yeah first let's touch. define those yeah yeah
1: so let's think of on ramps. So you said it, big events. What are some other ones? Um, men's ministry, right? You know, any churches do a big men's event to get men a wild, wild game dinner. I've done these before. Um, women's events, right? Mm-hmm. Momentum is what we do here, just to get a bunch of women to come who normally wouldn't come to maybe a traditional service or uh, an event at the church, but they'll come to a special event. What so- about
0: like student camps? Perfect. VBS, would you say those are on-ramp? VBS
1: would be a perfect one. So every summer, uh, churches, a lot of churches do VBS. Now, here's a question you ask, and we always ask all the events this, and I don't want you to hear what we're we're, we're not saying. We're not saying big events should be eliminated in the church. In fact, we want to do great events for the glory of God, but we don't want to stop at the event. Right. Because listen, If you get caught up in this metric of trying to get people in the door and that's the gauge of success, then watch this. The job of the student pastor, let's say, for example, or the VBS, the children's director, the job of VBS is this. If you had last year, a hundred students, okay, that was a win. What is the goal for next year?
0: 102 students or 110, 110. 200, yeah. 200 if you have that wildly you know uh incredible the, the big goal. audacious goal big yeah. audacious yeah. goal yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> uh,
1: the big audacious but but the but the point is this every year you bump it up now the problem is this yes you want to have more people every year and we always do but that can't be the only goal cuz what you do is you will wear your ministers out Pastor, if you don't believe that your ministers are being worn out by this goal of 110, 120, 100, it never ends, you go ask them. Say, do you feel like you're worn out in ministry? Because that's only the goal they shoot for, right? And I'm not saying we don't shoot for the goal. We want 200, we want 300, we want 400. But here's the question we ask. What do we do with the people after they come to the event? So we have 110 kids. Praise God. What do the kids do next? Because it's one thing to go up to the mountain, it's another thing to walk in the valley. I used to tell people this it's not how high you jump when you get saved. Everybody hits a mountaintop experience, it's how straight you walk when you land. That's how you determine if a person's following the Lord. Everybody hits the mountaintop when they get saved, we all did. But how straight do you walk when you come down? So those on-ramps would be VBS, students, camp, uh, men's events, women's events. I do my testimony. We we just did this at Long Hollow. share my testimony. We had a lot of people come. A lot of people respond to the testimony. And that's when the heavy lifting happens. That's when the hard work starts. It's moving the people who responded through the pathway of spiritual growth. So that
0: on-ramp is getting them onto that pathway or thoroughfare. So now let's talk about that pathway. So what are we trying to get them on? If if the on-ramps are, are getting them into the mix, what is what should be happening in that pathway? Or maybe what is happening now that people can kind of look at their own church and say, okay, this is where our process is at.
1: Okay, so once they come to an event outside of the worship service, then we have a threefold pathway we get them engaged in. The first step is worship, worship gathering. So let's get them into worship and uh, worshiping with their family. If they're a man, we want them to bring their family. You know, the statistic says if men come to church, the family's 90% more likely to come than if the man doesn't come to church. If the wife, come, wife comes to church, somewhere around 25% of the time the family comes. So we can get okay. the men to come, family come, But it's worshiping with the family, but it doesn't stop there. The next step on the pathway is to get them in a life group. So we're in these life groups. And the way we do life group is uh, they're a gender mixed. So you have men with women. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Most people say this
0: is our Sunday school or our small group ministry of our church. Basically, basic.
1: You call it whatever you want. Connect groups, small groups, life groups, uh, community groups. There's so many cool hip names for them. Missional communities. missional. I mean, you call them whatever you want. Biblical missional communities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just keep you keep it going. But here's the reality: you're getting people to live life together. Those groups, Chris, are evangelistic, meaning we're op- They're open. So I have a group that meets in my home, and uh, we just had a new couple just join uh, just last week, and so we invited couples to come. We're trying to reach our community. Our our long term big vision here at Long Hollow is to have a life group in every neighborhood in our county, right. okay? So these are missional, uh, as you said, communities where we're engaging the neighborhood, reaching our community for Christ. But that's not where it stops. So these are open groups. We live life together. We study the sermon, sermon-based, so they study the sermon. And then we apply what we learned on Sunday, but that's not where it stops. There's one more stop if you will on the train and that is the d group the discipleship group these are closed groups men with men women with women they meet for 12 to 18 months high accountability scripture memory obedience to the lord living out the scriptures and the purpose of those groups here's the key is to replicate so you're not meeting just for yourself you're meeting to replicate now those that process of spiritual growth, worship, life group, D group, the off ramp from that. Now you could spring off from the worship, you could spring off from the life group, you, sc- you could spring off from the D group. You don't have to wait to go through the process. The off ramp from that is a couple things. One, it could be service in the church. Right. It's moving people to a level of maturity where they move from what can the church do for me, which is what most of the Christians in our churches ask sadly, to what can I do to serve the Lord? That's a different question. Mm-hmm. How can I be a sir, sir, of service to the Lord, right? So mm-hmm. you move them into service, you move them into volunteerism, you move them into serving in the community. OK, you move them into serving overseas, you move them into serving in mission, tra- you move them into serving in committees or or teams that you have. A lot of churches have committees. The pipeline we have get this for people who serve on top level teams in our churches it's always been this way for us, are people who have gone through the discipleship pathway. Wouldn't you like a man or woman to sit in in, in a gathering of your finance team or your personnel team who has bought into the system? They are sold out to discipleship. They're in the word till the word gets into them. And they're the ones making the spiritual decisions for the future of your
0: church. Yeah, One of the things I ask a lot of time when we train with Replicate is, you know, think of the members of your church. You would say, these are our core people. And inevitably it's a very small percentage, most churches. You know, ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent if you're just doing really well. And I and I always ask the question, what if you could multiply that group of people? Versus focusing all of our effort on getting some others to kind of come join. join. And, and inevitably they're thinking, why wouldn't we go that way? And that's what discipleship does. It takes these individuals through these disciples, through the discipleship pathway so they become mature believers. So like you said, they can plug in all these areas of service with that maturity, thus taking it to the next level. Well, and think about this.
1: I'm thinking of two things when you're talking. Number one is this longevity and church doesn't equal maturity.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah,
1: because that's, that's right. how. But I mean, think about it. That's how we normally pick people to serve as deacons and leaders sure. in our church. Oh, uh, Mike Jones. He's been to church. Golly, he's been here twenty something years. He's got to be spiritual, right? <laughs> the guy parties every weekend. He curses like a sailor. He's never in the Word. He treats his wife bad. We're going to make him a deacon. Or we're going to even worse. We're going to put him on the finance team. Right.
0: <laughs> And just so you know, Mike Jones is a fictional individual. Right, right. About we, don't even, we don't even know, we don't Mike, know Jones. Mike Jones. I don't know Mike Jones. if Durant, your name I is
1: Mike it. Jones, we are not talking yeah, right. about you. Okay, but here's the second thing: you got me thinking too. You were in the Marines, okay? When when you train for the Marine, let's just say you're training for the Special Forces of the Marines. Do you know in the Marines? Well, it's, it's called, called Force DG. Recon. Let's use specific. some of the other because Marines. You know, when you talk to Marine; they're the elite of the uh of all the forces, right? I can agree with that. Let's not name any others, but let's just name another uh branch, okay? Not everybody who shows up for basic training has the right intentions. Right. Or even has the work ethic or has the desire to be there. Some are there for different various reasons. Okay. So let's say here's the question. Would you rather have a thousand cadets in basic training? And spend all your time trying, trying to get these guys in line, and or would you rather train a hundred Navy SEALs or Army Rangers or Marine
0: Force Recon or Marine Force Recon? <laughs> uh, I, I see right. where you're going with that. Yeah, no, but you I, see where I'm going. I do, and, and I think you're absolutely right. You, we are seeing definitely more. More effectiveness with highly trained, highly intentional, completely bought-in individuals who know exactly what they're going to do, and uh, versus the masses. Just yeah, there's a reason
1: basic training is a few months, and to be a Navy SEAL it takes a whole lot. It takes a lot longer. That's right. Here, here's the reality though, be- because those hundred Navy SEALs can do exponentially more than 1,000 cadets. In, okay? And right, I'm not right. saying you don't give a lot of time to the cadets. You still put them through basic training. You still allow them to come. You still uh, are part of helping them. But your time is invested in those Navy SEALs. So that's what happens in the church. You're working with the people who want to be worked with. So here's what I would say. A lot of you may say, well, what do we do now? Man, I'm ready to get this started. Okay, here, here's kind of a takeaway. Don't be in a rush to, to turn the whole church over and start a discipleship movement tomorrow. I would run the magnet. We say this a lot, but I would run the Magnet over the sand, okay? And you find who's interested. Whoever right. kind of rises to the top and says, hey, man, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of a life group. I want to be in a discipling relationship. And I would start investing in those few and just be patient. It takes a little while to do this thing. Don't, don't try to do it overnight.
0: Well, and I think one of the, you know, as we, we think about this process, you just walked us through with these on-ramp, pathway, off-ramps, um, and there can be multiple on-ramps, multiple off-ramps, but generally just one pathway. Yeah. So when we think about that, one of the things we've done is we've asked individuals to look at their ministry and just, you know, let's say on-ramps are A, pathway is B, off-ramps are C. And to ask the question, how do you, uh, when you're looking at your ministry, where do you put the emphasis? Where do you start? And uh, and so kind of clarify that a little bit, What when you walk leaders through this, just to help see how we do it here at Long Hollow and how we've seen fruit from it in the order in which we emphasize those things.
1: Yeah. So how do we walk people through the pathway? We, we, we basically challenge people to, to figure out what step they're on mm-hmm. and take the next step. V- very simple. Paul, Paul really was focused this one thing I do. We tell people, what is the one step you need to take in your spiritual journey? You could do a lot of things at Long Hollow. You can serve in a lot of areas. You can be a part of a lot of things. You can attend a lot of Bible studies, whatever. But we want you to be a part of three things. Mm -hmm. We want you to be a part of worship as a family, life group with your spouse, or if you're single, life group, and then D group in your uh, community over lunch, at breakfast. And so we want you to be a part of those three because we realize if we can get people involved in that pathway A lot of things happen. Number one is this. I mean, LifeWay just released this years ago, uh, a year or two ago, uh, the largest discipleship study ever done. And they found that the number one spiritual discipline that is head and shoulders above every other spiritual discipline is engaging the Bible. Like if we can get people in the word till the word gets into them, it affects their life. But here's the crazy thing. They found out number two is when people engage the Bible Every other spiritual discipline kind of falls in line. So they start to share their faith more. They start to give more. They raise a holy hand in worship. Uh, they serve more. They go more. That makes sense. So that's what we say. What step are you, are you on? Take the next step in your spiritual journey. So for a pastor, real real quick, for a pastor, you need to figure out what step of what, what part of this process is lacking. Or where are you putting a lot of attention? Now, when we do this exercise with pastors, we'll ask them to rank if number one is the on-ramp, number two is the pathway, number three is the off-ramp. We ask them to rank where their effort and energy is directed. And most of them will say one, three, two.
0: Yeah, A, uh, the on-ramps being number
1: one. Number one's the on-ramp. The second thing we do well is off ramp. People go to mission. They give the missions. They go. They participate. But we are weak in a pathway. Now we get them in Sunday school, but beyond that, right? So what we say is wherever your week is, start with that. Mm -hmm. The other two you can do. Now here's what's neat about this process. It ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So. When I get to Long Hollow, we focused for a year or two on getting a pathway shored up. But now, a lot of our energy and effort, as you know, is directed toward the, the on-ramp we are really intentional now of getting people on the ramp and then now moving them through a process.
0: Well, and I think one of the keys that I have seen here that I have not seen anywhere else and, and a lot of guys I talk to in training will will say this is a, just a small shift that has helped. And uh, you kind of implemented this here at Long Hollow is part of the decision time each Sunday is to help people take their next step. So a lot of times we do an invitation or a uh, come forward type of scenario, depending on what what you're doing each week in your services. Uh, It is salvation, baptism, join the church, rededicate, those kinds of things. What we've said is, hey, here are the next steps. And maybe salvation is your next step. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe baptism is your next step. But there are some others and they are getting into a life group. Yeah. getting into a discipleship group. Yeah. And so we plug that into what happens every single week when people are responding to God. So it's front and center with an opportunity for everyone to take their next step on the pathway. Yeah. And I think that's been a game changer. One one piece of clarity as we wrap up this week. Okay, A lot of great content, uh, but our factician, Dylan uh, Young, Dylan Young has pointed out that mathematics is properly oh, pronounced oh, oh. math. Uh, okay, not mathematics. Okay, there is an e. not, There is
1: an e. Okay, so I don't normally. I'm relishing in this moment because I don't normally get pronunciations correct. Oh, you nailed it!
0: But you this one it. I got right. So I'm enjoying Mathemat- this right now. Mathematics, yeah, but I will say it's not athlete. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna cling yeah. to that. We'll, we'll next time. We'll That's talk trouble. about that. That's Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.